G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast with the AFL Fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars, we only talk about the lesser knowns and the ones that are going to bring you value in your draft Keeper Leagues. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kaze. How are you mate? Good evening Hef, I'm well yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, did you have a good weekend mate? Uh, I guess your your um, your Super Bowl team, oh, sorry, your NFL team won the mm. Super Bowl yesterday. So Didn't they ever? You're a my lo- bucks. You're a lifelong fan uh, I hear Kaze, you always follow them, you never miss a game. I never Never miss a Bucks game. Nah, never. You, you're always talking about them. Um, can you just run us through like your top five. Um, top five players? ever players. No, no, no. Currently, that are play, oh, currently, played yesterday. Uh, Cam Brait. Um, oh, there's oh, that, that guy called Tom, Tom Brady. That aren't Tom Brady. Sure, that's uh, obvious. Gronk. Um, who else is there? My boy, uh, Pierre Paul, and then David. Don't forget about the defensemen. You know, they're important. Okay, okay. Um, but, you know, I've been lifelong. Like, I'm back in the, the Joey Galloway days, you know. Jameis Winston went through that period. Chris Sims, one of the greats of all time. You know, like, there's plenty of fantastic Bucks players that have been forgotten over the years. All right, I'll let you, 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 know. you pass this time, mate. That's Thank fine. You. Uh, Thank you. Did you watch it? Uh, it was one in the background of work, as I said. Uh, look, I'm a. The only reason I like the Bucks is because I played them when I had Madden and stuff like that. <laughs> and then it was just horrible because no one ever asked you, like, who's your NFL team? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, Tom Brady's going to the Buccaneers. And it's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Now no one's actually going to believe me that I do actually, like, <laughs> mildly followed the Bucks. It was horrible. Well, that's the reason why I just wanted to bring it up. You mm. actually probably did a better job than I could of naming five players. I think Antonio yes. Brown's one. Yeah. Someone else you missed as well. Fournette. Another one there. Gronk. The you guys said, you said, good. I think I said Grunt, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I used to be right into it, but when I had a kid, there was no more getting up at 3 a.m. Uh, to actually watch You've got to be committed. Anymore, so. You've got to be committed yeah. to it. Uh, yeah, I used to be, week. but um, Mondays off as it's well. way too hard to keep up with it that time of day. Anyway, Super Bowl was good. I went to the highway and watched that, but um, speaking of the Bucks- buds. Yeah, there was a few buds. I was um, asleep by 8.30 on my son's bedroom floor. But anyway. Oh, uh, <laughs> there's a story there, listeners. <laughs> no, I was just putting him to bed and I fell asleep. Anyway, uh, speaking of the Bucks, uh, we had your Bucks show on the weekend, Kays. We Kays, Kays are getting married for uh, those who uh, haven't uh, heard yet or picked yes. up on it on the pod. So. I am slowly recovering. Pretty, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty big, busy big month day. for you, mate. But, it is. Uh, it's been a big yeah, month. I was... And, uh, very hungover, yes. Uh, very hungover on Ooh. Sunday, but luckily, um, I drank some uh, remedy kombucha, wild Ooh, berry kombucha, nice plug, and uh, nice that plug. got me over my hangover. So the I ultimate, tried this one, yeah. The so ultimate hangover cure. Neither have Secret I. Secret sound. Actually, yeah. I'm sure you're surprised I haven't drank a case of it yet, but uh, no, this is the first time I've had it. Uh, but yeah, it got me through well, my hangover, good. the remedy kombucha. So it's good, definitely. I did see that remedy uh, are now available at uh, Zambrero stores too, which is fantastic. So well, they should be available yeah, anyway. Uh, so. Look, if Zambrero's want to get on board the pod, I'd be more than happy to eat a burrito each time we go to air. I would be the size of a house if that happened. But uh, the, the rate uh, I drink the remedy kombucha, come on, I think, can you have uh, one of those healthy bowls. <laughs> if we were if we were sponsored by Zambrero's, uh, yeah, I reckon I'd be in strife. Uh, just a quick one on my buck show, like. Usually, as the buck, you're the center of attention on the day. But yeah. um, there were people coming up to you at Pirate Life at the pub, just asking for autographs. Like that Hollywood Hef, that Hollywood is a lie. <laughs> you've, you've hit AFL.com, and there are people. They want signatures. They want photos. It was just like one way traffic, and I was just sitting there, just quietly going about my business, and everyone just wanted Hollywood Hef. So your um your brother-in-law came up and uh, introduced himself, and he's like, "Oh, g'day, Hef from the Keep League podcast." And I was like, "Oh shit, am I being recognised for the first time?" And here? you would have been the most excited <laughs> bloke on the planet. I was like, I don't, I didn't actually. I was like, I don't actually know how to handle this. Like, and then then he told me he actually knew who I was anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he That's told fantastic. me he was actually on the buck, so it was all good. Um, anyway, uh, we had another article, speaking of Hollywood Hef, mm. uh, article, another one came out today on the AFL website. So yes, if you well are done on that. Keen to have a read of that. Uh, some uh, tips there on some league settings that we would recommend mm-hmm. or at least recommend you thinking about if you're starting up in yeah. Keeper League. It's always so. good to get those uh, 
those kind of thoughts moving around your group if you've yep. got your um your core group together of coaches and go through them make sure everyone's happy and uh that's the good start to a good keeper league all right tonight case we're going to be looking at port adelaide richmond and st kilda um before anyone kind of asks the reason why there's no rookies in these analysis is because we've already done a whole show dedicated to rookies mm-hmm. uh earlier in the year for our members so if you're keen to uh get involved in that uh jump on our membership uh, page on our website and sign up and you'll get our all our rookie stuff along with all the draftee fantasy numbers as well from uh, well the VFL guys or sorry the Tech Cup guys are from 2019 what is it called now NAB League NAB League from 2019 but then all the Waffle and uh, SA guys will have their 2020 numbers up there as well um, but yeah when we talk about draft we uh, talk about um, in an established keeper league not uh, you know in your first draft so if we say draft early on you know someone like um, I don't know Peter Laddams mm-hmm. we uh, we don't mean take him in the first few rounds of your actual startup draft it's uh, early oh sorry later on in the draft yeah, in top up draft yes yep. alright so we might as well get stuck into it I've got uh, 40 uh, Port Adelaide players oh, to get seriously, through seriously so. guys I'm going to go through my best 22 <laughs> then go have a lie down for about an hour so. alright let's get stuck into it Alright, on to the Port Adelaide Football Club, uh, my favourite team. Beloved. Oh, just a quick question, when are you going to get a manager? What do you mean? Because oh, you're basically famous now. Um, can't you just be my manager? Uh, I don't know if I'm that clever. Oh, you got enough time on your hands? Yeah, do I don't know, maybe on the side, we'll no, talk no. about this later. Alright, cool. Uh, we'll but anyway, sort of commission. we will, we will, at least yeah. 20%. Yeah, 20%, um, 20% of zero is? Uh, done. Yeah. Radio <laughs> for the Port Adelaide Best 22 backline, Tommy Cleary, Tommy Jonas and Darcy Byrne-Jones, then Hamish Hartlett. Alia Alia and Ryan Burton with Carl Amon, Tom Rockcliffe and Xavier Dersmar on the wing. We've got Robbie Gray, Todd Marshall and Connor Rosie up forward with Zach Butters, Charlie Dixon and Orazio Fantasia. Uh, followers, Scott Lysette, Trav Boak and Ollie Wines. Interchange of Sam Powell Pepper, Lockie Jones, Dan Houston and Pete Laddams, which leaves the emergencies of Mitch Georgiard, Georgiardis, uh, Trent McKenzie, Stevie Motlop, The Elite and uh, Riley Bonner. How now, do I do, Hef? You are the number one port supporter. Now- Pick it apart. First of all, mm. I'm offended yes. and appalled mm. that you left out the cannon. I do love the, the cannon. Hell? I do Where's love the cannon? the cannon. Look, if you want to have a Lear Lear back there, I think that's what that's the replacement. I reckon you probably could make a case for dropping Cleary after some of his- uh, Potentially. Uh, some of his performances late last year, but I think he is a Hinkley favourite, so I don't know if he does get dropped. But in all honesty, I think you've done pretty well with that side. That was the only kind of thing I could see who played you know, every game last year and he was missing. And then, yeah, you know, we take a Lear Lear, but- I see I see Aaliyah maybe as kind of that replacement for Cleary because we needed some actual genuine height. But mm-hmm. again, hey. I don't think he Cleary does get dropped either, though. So, That's fair. Yeah, yeah. That, I can see that. The other one that yeah. we are uh, in our in our group chat, uh, someone thought that Orazio playing over Stevie Motlop was a bit crazy. Actually, yeah, or? I didn't actually think of that too because he was an elite player in the an champion data uh, yes. ranking. So, um, yeah, sorry, I didn't think about the one. That's a bit of an interesting one too. Um, but I do think Orazio has been brought in to play a specific role up forward just to kind of release mm-hmm. um, Connor Rosie as well. So, uh, we'll talk about that a bit more later. But, no, I think you're actually pretty bang on. Stevie Motlop was in and out last year anyway. Um, and then, like, the Cannon played every game. But uh, I think you can make a case for it. One of those defenders has got to make way. So, uh, yeah, there's yeah. a soft spot for the Cannon. Yeah. So, uh, look, it wouldn't surprise me, but uh, I think they'll be very, very strong there with a, a Lear Lear this year. 
Yeah. All right, let's get stuck into some players. Righty, I'll kick it off. Uh, I'll start with Mitch George Yardes. I did really want to sneak uh, the big King George Whiting into my best 22 this year, but just missed out. Uh, be pretty close to um, replacing Todd Marshall if he runs out of form, I think, because big fan of uh, Big Mitch. Look, I think he's actually going to be one of the more exciting tall forwards in the comp, and I can see him jumping into that best 22 win in no time at all. Look, he kicked a snag in five of his seven games last year and did have a haul of three goals against the Ds, uh, where he also put up a 72.90 BCV game. So very, very nice outing in your, your first year of footy. I just really like the way he moved, uh, and impressively, he lays a lot of tackles for a big uh, fella. Um, he actually had... 14 tackles in seven games, which is uh, a lot better than some for- small forwards, actually. Um, so I love the way that he gets about it, gets uh, good off the ground and, and obviously happy to do the hard work as well, which I do love. Always seemed to find himself in dangerous spots and was actually a pretty good lead-up target at times too. But uh, obviously still young and raw, but it was really great to see him get a crack at uh, it in his first year, especially after not really playing any footy uh, in his final year of, of being a junior. So basically that was his first kind of footy in a couple of years. So he's one that's only going to get better as um, you know, he puts on a bit more size, uh, gets a bit of that fitness base up. I'm I'm keen to draft him this year, uh, mid to late. Uh, there's genuine upside for me. I think uh, 2022 is really where he's going to come into it, into that third year uh, in the system. But uh, I do have. Uh, a lot of time for the big fish. What do you think, mate? Yeah, I don't mind him. I do think he's got a lot of like you know athletic flair and ability, and um, can be dangerous around the goals. I just worry, you know, Charlie Dixon's into the twilight of his career, so he'll play as the third tall, which I don't hate him as a fantasy scorer. As the Port's third tall generally seems to score okay. Like the Westoff kind of roamed a bit, and he does have that kind of maybe not the um, aerobic ability to move around like Westoff does, but he does have a bit of flair up forward, yeah, and yeah. um, and he is a taller type as well. He's not huge. I think he's only 184 or something like that but 189 something like that but he's not like a 200 centimetres like Westhoff mm-hmm. um, but yeah the thing I worry about is if Charlie Dixon does retire in the next three four years does he play just as a stay at home key forward taking the best defender type thing which I don't think really suited to him so I think Port need to do something in terms of recruitment um, and making sure they get another key forward to kind of take the weight off him in future but there's potential there for sure I just worry about the role he'll have to play in future that's all mm, yeah I'm, I'm keen I'm keen it's just interesting to see like I think Marshall and him together over you know a extended period of time are going to be really good for the club. So yep. just to see kind of where their bodies develop. But uh, I think he's got lots of tricks and one I'm keen on. Definitely got tricks, that's for sure. Uh, one of the favourites of the listeners, I think, uh, throughout the off-season, mm. that's uh, Zach Butters. A lot so of people, many questions about him. A lot of people are talking about Zach yeah. Butters. Now, it was a bit of a breakout season for him. He averaged 62.3, which is 77.7 BCV from 15 games in 2020. I think he got suspended for a few of them. Uh, he's a bit of a rough nut there towards the end. But um, unit. he was up from uh, the 56.7 average in 2019. So that's a 20.3 BCV uptick in his fantasy scoring last year. So that's a pretty big turnaround from where he was. Mm. Um, he had some great scores throughout the years. He had 114, sorry, the year, uh, 114 versus the Crows, which was 142.5 BCV, 97 versus the Bulldogs, that's 121, mm-hmm. and then uh, 85 versus the Lions, which is 106.3. But he also did have some lean scores as well, a few 40s and stuff. And I think he even might have had a 30 at one stage as well. But he was pretty consistent across the board. Um, a lot of ex- coaches are really expecting big things I'm a little bit skeptical and that's Ooh. purely because Ooh. I just think his role as a pressure forward is just so vital to Port Adelaide he's that mm. kind of guy who just runs a 
mark up the forward line, just chases, tackles, does all the little things, little one percenters. Mm. Yes, he does move into the midfield and run through there a little bit, but I think it's just so valuable to actually have him pressuring the ball inside our forward 50, especially because we know that's part of Port Adelaide's game plan. Mm-hmm. They are so, so, um, you know, adamant on keeping the ball inside forward 50. So mm-hmm. I think he a, plays a big part in that. If he comes out of that forward line, I think it's a, it's a loss to Port Adelaide overall. So um, I, I think it'd be good. I just don't know if he'll be a 100 plus average scorer, but I do think he'll be one of the better forwards over in the coming years. So I don't think he's going to be, you know, break out into the midfield and become like a superstar like that. But I think he'll be like, you know, like a Robbie Gray type or a Toby Green type scorer where you play out forward, pinch in the midfield and you put up some pretty reasonable scores, but you can be a little bit inconsistent because you're up forward for some of the games as well. Mm-hmm. Um, look, he should be 2G4P eventually, but um, and, and I think he's probably, probably 2G4P now in a lot of leagues. Um, well, you know, he's not going to be, he's going to be kept in a lot of leagues. So I doubt he'll be available in too many, but if he is available, absolutely get on board because yep. he's going to be a great forward option for years to come. Yes. Now, I think we need to knock a question on the head that we've been getting a lot of over the preseason as well. I need you as the Port aficionado in this group. Hope I know the answer to this. To rank Butters, Rosie and Dersmart because this is the this is the big question because yep. obviously you said that Fantasia comes in. He could be the one that just plays that role. All right. So, if he does and he fills yep. the role that these guys are playing last year, Rank those three in terms of who's playing midfield first. I think Rosie's playing midfield first. He's got the the most genuine class out of those three. Then I'd probably have Butters second just in terms of his grunt. And, well, Dersmar's already playing midfield, but he's playing on a wing. Yep. But in terms of fantasy scoring, I think it's probably going to go... Look, I still wouldn't even be surprised if it goes Rosie, Dersmar, then Butters. But Ooh. they're all going to be very, very good and they're going to be within like points of each other. Mm. Um, so, I think... Kind of Rosie is going to be the best kind of balance between inside and outside. He's just got genuine, like, you know, awareness through traffic and all that sort of stuff. So, we can actually get inside, kind of breakaway free. I think Butters is going to be more of the crash and bash type midfielder that we've already got kind of a dime a dozen of, but there's a few that will be moving on, like your Rockies and your Bokes and stuff like that. Whereas Dersmar's Mars, Mars, Mars type, but he can also get on the end of a goal. So, that's just why I think he'll be a little bit of a better scorer there. So, if Fantasia's fit and firing, does he aid uh, Butters or Rosie scoring more or more of sends him into midfield more. I think it sends Rosie in the midfield. I think that's specifically why he's recruited. That yeah. question has been answered, everyone. Yeah, oh, That's part of my um, Rosie right up here. So oh, no, sorry. No, sorry no, to jump ahead. It was like, what, what viewer feedback do we have this yeah, week? Yeah. Oh, we're, we name the three port guys and where are they going to go? Right. So, all right. That's I like all that good. answer. I, t- I tend to agree. So, yeah. nicely done. Uh, Ryan Burton is the next guy we'll cover here. And he's probably one of the more frustrating players in uh, fantasy football just because his best is exceptional, but the issue is he just never seems to be able to get on the park. Um, look, that 2017 year he had um, was just one of the best. Uh, averaged 85 in his first full season of footy there. Uh, had three tons. Then kind of found the the old second year blues with um, a bad 2018. And we just hasn't really been able to get back to the, the consistency and some of the big scores we saw in 2017. He only played the six games last year, but he did have scores of 79 and 86, which uh, turned into 99s and 107s when we do the BCV calcs. But what was actually quite impressive is that uh, 86 came from only 61% time on ground uh, before getting injured. So, can go big in a short amount of time. I'm a massive fan of Burden um, and I was an owner up until last week. But um, just a couple of things worry me about his injuries. Um, he's still not back with the main group, I believe, after reading some stuff from the Port uh, media and he just always seems to be having some kind of soft tissue injury and that just seems to be uh, year over for him like last year. Look, I really hope he gets his body right because uh, I do rate him very highly and I'm sure there's lots of fans and coaches out there um, hope he can get fit and fine this year. But he's just one of those guys I can't bet on him playing 20-odd games like this year. You go like, yes, he could be an elite backman, an elite fantasy scorer, but like he might play 10 or 12 games and maybe miss the end of your season, that kind of thing. And, and that's my biggest worry. So, 
Uh, I'll probably recommend as to what I did. If you if you need to keep him because he backs a backs a low at light, uh, keep him because he's he's got good numbers. But if you can afford to move him on, like I could and did, um, I think that's what I'd be doing ahead of this preseason. Yeah, I I, I do agree in terms of you're just never going to get a full season out of him, or well, not for some time to come as well. That said, I wouldn't be throwing the baby out with the bathwater just yet as well. I would. I know you've traded him, so it's a bit different. But um, yeah, in, his potential is that big that he's probably worth keeping through this patch because you never know. There's players like, so Hamish Hartley would always go through the shoulders and then he did a knee mm. and stuff like that. Mm. When they do eventually come out on the other side, you just, you're just always pretty upset if you miss out on that, yeah, I yeah. find. Yeah. But as, again, if you're... If you're punching for a flag like you say you are, despite um, holding those two terrible players that you said you would be playing, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you uh, you probably don't want to have him on your side. That's all. This decision was more about my back line. I've got uh, Salem, Duggan, Bose, and Mills back there. So like those four are young. Um, you know, should be playing back for a long yeah, time. Yeah, so yeah. that was more like I could probably afford to. Who'd you get to return? trade him? I uh, got like a. Tr- Third round pick or something like that. Ooh, okay. Mm. Off the draft picks. Mm. Was it my third round pick that I traded away? No, I don't know. But nah. uh, look, <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to keep him, but at the same time, I didn't want to carry in too many defenders and and I have picked up Lockie Ash since and I've got Ben Patton as a rookie. So, I've got plenty of cover there. Um, but yeah, it's just he's just one of those ones I worry about. I do like him a lot um, and it will probably come back to bite me as most trades do in this league. Yep, definitely. Mm. Especially yeah, with, trade, with your trading history. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's move on to Peter Laddam. So, he's an interesting prospect with four status. Not going to say great prospect, but an interesting interesting, pro- interesting prospect. Uh, he averaged 62.4, which is a 78 BCB last year. He had a top score of 104 last season rocking against Tim English, who's absolutely garbage. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get him on the pod and then you're going to love him or something like that. Also had 90, uh, which is 112.5 BCB against Richmond and an 85, um, which is 106.3 against the Blues. Uh, there's not many good ruckmen at the Blues either or mm. not Richmond, just thinking about it. Um, well, not at the time. Uh, the concern is only that, sorry, is that he only one of his big games, his big scores mm-hmm. was with Lysett in the side and that was that uh, 90 against Richmond. So, he had scores of 56, 41, 28, 48 and 29 rucking with Lysett after he had that 90 um, against Richmond that I just mentioned. So, he's really good around the ground. So, that's where he gets his points as a ruckman but he just doesn't win hit outs. So, that's how it actually occurs. When Lysett's fit, he just, he just kind of sits up forward a lot more and doesn't really go into the ruck but when Lysett was injured last year he was playing in the ruck the whole time mm-hmm. and just roaming around the ground and just kind of playing as like almost like another midfielder um, racking up the kicks but just not really impacting the uh, in, impacting the ruck contest and that was the, that was a real issue because I think we dropped a game against St Kilda where Paddy Ryder just absolutely monstered us in the hitouts, and we just and our midfielders rely on first use so I just can't see Peter Laddams getting the ruck time if Lysett is fit um, so yeah he'll play mainly up forward but he can be handy up forward he looked good because um, he took a few grabs in, in one of the games I think that was that Richmond game as well. Mm. But yeah, I'm just not sure where that point scoring comes from. And as a forward in terms of a keeper, he's probably worth keeping if you own Lysett so you can handcuff. But then, you know, you have to hope Lysett gets injured just in case he so he does score well. Mm. Then at the same time, you'll have to play him on the ruck, not up forward because he's your handcuff. So you almost need like a third ruck to go with these guys if you want to actually get them, you know, maximize the potential out of them. And it's just rucks are a head fuck at the best of times. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I'm keeping I'm keeping Laddams because he's my handcuff uh, to Lysett. But look, I don't know. If I was in a league where like I didn't own either Lysett, I wouldn't be super disappointed if I missed out on someone like Laddams at a draft, mm-hmm. despite what he showed in a few games. And I know his career average is quite good. I think he's ahead on the breakout tracker mm-hmm. as well. But yeah, I just can't see where the scoring comes from as a backup ruckman. And I just don't see him getting a number one ruck spot just because he doesn't win the hitouts. 
So my question is, and it kind of comes from a question I think we had on Facebook yesterday, is like, can Port not play Laddams? I think, Like, if you're yeah. talking about that, like, say, I've got Pete Laddams in the best 22 there, but yeah. if you put someone like uh, Trent McKenzie and swapped him in there, McKenzie can go back, cover Aaliyah Aaliyah while Aaliyah Aaliyah chop outs. Yeah. Chops out uh, last set. Could that, is, that, is that possible too? The second half of the year, we didn't lose a game and we played both of them. So, okay. apart from the prelim, obviously. So, I think that pretty much answers the question. That's who we'll go with. Okay. But that said, like if Port if they're, if Port do find themselves in a bit of a slump, you could play, yeah, you Mitch Georgiades up there as mm. your kind of third tool and just go with one ruck and yeah. then use Dixon as backup or something yep. like that. But yeah, then you yeah. take Dixon away from goals and oh, it's hard. Anyway, um, we'll have to wait and see what happens. So, it's a no or it's a yes. It's a yes if you own Lasset. It's a don't go too early if mm. you don't, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, next is the new arrival, Arazio Fantasia. Uh, I suppose the big question on everyone's lips, especially the Port fans, is which version of Arazio arrives at Alberton? Uh, we talk about Ryan Burton being frustrating because of injury. Uh, you can definitely add Arazio to that list as well. He's played 19 games in a season twice, but has actually only played 32 games in the fi- in his last three years. So, uh, 2018, he averaged 79 points from his 13 games, and that was probably his uh, best year of footy easily. Uh, not up three tons that year and didn't have a game under 50, which is pretty good for a, a small forward. Uh, he continued to hit uh, the ton a couple of times in 2019, but then injury hit and that's the, the last bit of good footy we've seen from him then. Look, if he's fit and uh, Port seem in their best 22, I think he could be a, a real bolter to return to a you know 70 to 80 average because I think he's one of those guys who, who plays better when the team's better. Um, look, because we saw him, you know, 20, 2018, the bomb was going okay, uh, right, he was going well. Um, and if Porter challenging for the flag, I think he can be a nice addition to that side. Um, definitely if he can lock in, lock into that uh, half forward flank spot or forward pocket, potentially even roam up a bit, be a bit of a connector, use that speed and, and his skills and break the lines, I think he could be a real dangerous um, fantasy proposition. The interesting thing is he's got back forward DPP, which is a, a genuine treat for a guy of his talent and potentially doesn't have as much shine on him shine on him, sorry, as he once did. So he could actually be a bit cheap in drafts this year. Um, just purely because of his average from last year and and people are a bit worried about his injury history and that kind of thing. But uh, I think he could be very handy. Definitely watch his role this preseason. Hopefully, we get at least a, a couple, you know, practice matches or something out of port that we can report on. You get one. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> That's two. a scratch match thing. Yeah, hopefully, we can actually go look at something. Hopefully, the 27th, they're supposed to play and it's closed ah, too, shit. which is shit because I was going to go. But yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully, we can just find out his role this year. Hopefully, he's, he's flying and, and fit. But um, look, back for DPP, probably won't cost you a lot because his name's turned to a bit of mud in, in fantasy football terms. Could be one to have a look at. The year where he averaged 79 for mm-hmm. Essendon, he got up the ground a little bit more that year, yeah. didn't he? So, yeah. I just that's the thing. I just don't see him doing that at Port Adelaide. I think he's solely think he's inside 50. Pocket. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. a goal sneak type thing. And that's the role they wanted to play. I reckon that'll probably help his injury longevity as well, um, not having to kind of build the tank as much and kind of just play mm-hmm. in the Ford 50. So, mm-hmm. I think um, that's where I see him playing. I think it's purely to free up your, your Rosie type. So, yeah. I don't think... Um, I personally don't think he's going to be a huge scorer, but, you know, might be someone that can just play every week and give you a defense cover. Uh, sorry, forward cover. Um, actually, he's named as a defender as well, isn't mm, he? So, that's pretty forward. handy, actually. That mm, probably has another forward. little string to his bow. Oh, yeah. So, as more cover there, I think he's handy in that respect, but he's not something I'd want to be starting in my field unless something really went wrong. Okay. 
All Next right. one, Hef. Speaking of the guy who's going to free up, that's Connor Rosie. Ooh, so, good segue. Um, he had an up and down sort of year, which was affected by injury as well. Uh, he averaged 54.7. That was uh, 68.4 BCV for the year, down from his 72.6 averages uh, in his debut year. Um, started the year like a house on fire, though, because there was a noticeable midfield bump early on, mm-hmm. and his scoring reflected that. As the year went on, though, he moved back forward, and this is to do with this lingering foot issue that he had uh, throughout the season, and Port really needed to lessen his load. So, I think he Missed almost a month of football. I think it was three games, even yeah, three games of football. Um, yeah, so it just lingered and then kind of came good towards the end because he had an eighty-one, which was one hundred one point two uh, versus the Tigers in the prelim. But yeah, I just don't think he was up to his you know full potential just due to the injury of last year. So mm-hmm. the recruitment of Fantasia, we've already talked about that twice now. It's pretty telling. They want him in the midfield, I reckon. But uh, what I worry about is uh, in December, you know, after the season finished, when preseason has started going back, I think it was even maybe early this year, um, he was spotted a moon boot around town. Doesn't so, matter. But the thing is, I haven't heard anything since. Dyson so, yeah. Heppel was in a moon boot and he's yeah, training exactly. the house down. Well, I think they just wear them like with any kind of foot issues just as like recovery. It's just like a compression bandage type thing these days that you kind of wear if you know, you're know you a hamstring type of guy that pulls them all the time, that sort of thing, I reckon. You just do every little bit to oh, like kind of get yourself up Professional athlete. Yeah, yeah, no, for, sure. for sure. For um, sure. So, yeah, look, if his body is right, I reckon he's right for a breakout year. Um, but, yeah, if he doesn't spend too much time at forward, that is, if his body's not right, then he's probably going to spend more time at forward. But, um, look, if that does happen, he'll keep his forward status, but I don't think he will um, do that. And, you know, if he does stay forward, he won't score as well anyway, so it's not really relevant. Um, I have no doubt he's going to be a gun of the future, so I reckon just get on board now. Third year, baby. Yeah. It's coming. Third year breakouts. Yeah, all look, about. Uh, those Dersma, Rosie, Butters, um, you know, we could see some massive bumps from them this year. Um, yeah, I think, you know, everyone knows that he's got so much quality. Um, let's just hopefully he can pull it out and uh, fantasy-wise as well. Now, Hef, you've got some honourable mentions here and I yeah. think you've got – the rest of the team. Like there yeah. is 16 honourable yeah. mentions. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm just going to just sit out here and chill out for a while. Yeah, fine. There's actually only four here, Kays. You idiot. But anyway, <laughs> Xavier Dersma is the first one of my honourable mentions. Um, our listeners should know enough about him, you know, by now. But he comes into his third year, um, should continue to develop and be a good scorer, plays the right style of game uh, for being a good fantasy scorer and he gets on the end of a few goals and doesn't mind the old bow and arrow as well. So, uh, that's my favourite thing about him. <laughs> it's like, if know, that was any other player, any other club, you'd call them a flog. Yeah, probably. But yeah. like, yeah, that's but he's our vlog. So double it's fine. standards you have. Double <laughs> I just love, I love that little bit of theatre in there. It's it great. is pretty cool. I do like yeah. that too. Uh, Robbie Gray, uh, he's the next one on the list. Uh, he should see uh, less midfield time. A bit like last year. I think he's still handy to have because um, he pops up and, you know, every now and then he scores something pretty good fantasy-wise. But, yeah, he's not going to be the fantasy scorer as he was. But I just think you might be able to get him in the draft pool this year. And if you can, he's going to play mm-hmm. every week and yep. will pop up every now and then. So, might be a good streamer if the rolling lockouts continue this year as well. Is it his last year this year, I reckon potentially yeah but uh, that's why I've got written here take what you can get from him in a trade as well because it's probably the last time you've got to trade him yep. uh, Sam Pau Pepper um, I think he'll be used more in the midfield this year um, the issue is he's probably going to lose four status and won't be a huge scorer but um, look it's good for this year um, because if you don't care about you know going forward and you're just chasing the flag then that's a good thing um, but you know if if he doesn't hold it for the future, I don't know how much value he's actually got because I can't really see him being more than like a mid-80s to mid-80s scorer type thing. So, that's fine as a forward. As a midfielder, you probably want a bit more. Yeah. And the last one on the list is uh, Charlie Dixon. Um, he's a reliable forward option if Port can maintain their performances of last year. Kicks goals. He was all Australian. Um, he's a great kind of last forward option on your field, I think, as well. So, anyway, that wraps up the Port Adelaide squad. I told you it wasn't too many, but uh, anyway... Kays likes to exaggerate. We're uh, what are we into the stream? Uh, Thirty-two long, thirty-five minutes in. That was so just the port oh, bit. We might as well move on to Richmond then. Good theme song. 
All right, moving on to the Tigers. Uh, Cade, do you have a best 22 for us? Do I ever, Hollywood Hef. We'll start in the back line, obviously. David Asprey, Dylan Grimes, and Jaden Short. Uh, then Liam Baker, Nick Vloston, and Bashar Hooley. On the wing, Shai Bolton, Dustin Martin, and Kane Lambert. Uh, half forward line, Shane Edwards, Jack Rewalt, and Marlon Pickett. Uh, forward line of Jason Castagna, Tom Lynch, and Daniel Rioli. Uh, in the ruck, Toby Nankervis, Dion Prestia, and Trent Cochin. Uh, on the pine is Jack Graham, Nathan Broad, Noah Bolter, and Camden McIntosh. And the emergencies include Josh Caddy, Jake Arts, Jack Ross, and Riley Collier-Dawkins. Yeah, I tried to pick this one apart. Like, I really tried to find something that I didn't agree with with this side, but I'm pretty happy with your choices here. Like, obviously, you probably mix up. Like, I think Noah Bolter probably starts uh, on the field somewhere in defense. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I think you've actually nailed their probably best 22 down mm. there as well. So, I think you've done a good job with this one. Thank it's you. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, in terms of injuries and stuff like that, um, if anyone comes in and out. But I think if their best is available, I reckon you've got it pretty much down pat there. I can't really argue with that one. Is there any, anything that went through your head when choosing the team? Was there anything, anything uh, you could have made? Not really. Like, they're a funny side because it's just been so settled for so long. Yeah. You know, you can't really mix up too much. You know, Josh Caddy, uh, potentially a bit stiff. You know, you saw a bit of Jack Ross late last year. Um, you know, unfortunately for... Um, Vance Soldo, he's, you know, did his knee late last year, so he's not even in the mix. So, it kind of picked itself in a way. Um, Scott Ridquist in the chat's asking about Jack Ross. Yeah. Uh, you're going to talk about him a bit later, I think, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got to be close, but the, the thing is, uh, I'll talk about it with Jack Graham in a second, like, who's he taking a spot from? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's hard. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's move on to some players here. I've got Toby, Nan, Curvis up the top here and Nank the Tank is back in a big way. It looked like Ivan Soldo had replaced him as the number one ruck uh, last season, but then Soldo did his ACL and he's going to miss all of this year as well by the sound. So, um, you know, that brings that opens the door for Nank and he's, you know, back in play. Um, in the past, Nank's been a great scorer. He averaged 86.9 in 2017, 89.2 in 2018 and even in 29, which was considered a down year for for him. He still averaged 78.4, so it's not awful. It's not the worst news. Um, then he had 64 last season, um, which is a BCB 80. Now, usually that's um, the 2G4P status, but uh, he ranked 158. So, we do talk about in the preseason, we talk about from anywhere from 150 overwards. So, just, uh, uh, sorry, afterwards, just creeps in there. Mm. Um, he rucked solo after Soldo went down, and then he averaged 71.8 from that point onwards. So, that was six games without Soldo. That's an 89.8. BCV score. Um, he had 106, which is 132.5 in the prelim against Port Adelaide. Um, he will have the number one ruck mantle next year. We talked about that. He's a proven scorer, which we've mentioned. So, if he doesn't get injured, he should get back to his best. I do worry about the future because I do think Soto is very firmly in Richmond's plans and they'll probably play in tandem at some stage in the future when he's back. And yeah, Soto just proved himself last year to actually be a really handy ruck option. Mm. But I think definitely for 2021, uh, Nang's going to be a player that can definitely win you some games. Oh, it's his year this year um if you own him you'd be licking your lips because he will get the the job one out the thing that always um i find crazy for um nan Kervis is he's only 26 like yeah. he's still super young like for some reason in my head i kind of think he's like i don't know 28 30 that kind of thing but uh 26 so he's still got plenty of life left in him um yeah it will be interesting to see what happens when soldo comes back but really i don't think that's something you have to worry about this year and you know like ruckman need a bit of time to to get their knees right and get jumping again so um if you got nank um i think you'd be very very happy this year and he should be in for a big 2021 all right who you got next uh liam baker who's who i'll talk about next and he's a guy i was a little 
little bit disappointed in last year. Um, I thought he might have been a genuine breakout contender, but uh, I just think he's going to be a bit of a steady back flanker. So, look, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, he averaged 72 as a backman last year, and that's nothing to sneeze at. But uh, unless he finds a heap of self-raising flower heifer, I just don't think his average is going to rise. Mm. Get that Baker joke? Oh, no. Yeah, Jesus, no, sorry, gone over your head. Jesus, I still hung I over from Super Bowl Monday. Um, yeah, look, he had the one ton in 2019, and that's what kind of got me excited. But uh, he did up that to two BCV tons last year. Um, the thing he does have, though, going for him is an exceptional floor. His worst score last year was a 46, which is a, a BCV 57. And for that kind of D3 to D5 role in your side, uh, that's absolutely perfect. So I'm probably just a bit down on him more than I should be a bit more emotion in this call uh, because I thought he could have evolved into a bit of a, a Rory Laird type, that kind of a player. But, Did he make um, you sad? Uh, it didn't make me sad, just disappointed. Oh, okay. Um, but look, with Basher still hanging around this year and, and Short looks to be the heir apparent as the ball mover from that halfback liner, I just don't think we'll see Baker really developing a heap this year. Um, but he'll definitely play that helping hand role in 2021. I think he's a, he, he can draft him early because of that, um, that high, uh, that high floor. Um, I'm just not expecting big breakout numbers this year. It'll be interesting to see what happens this year, see how Bash is going, um, and go from there. But, uh, look, could be one from next year onwards, but, uh, just a little bit flat. I thought I might have got a little bit more out of Baker last year. Unless I'm getting him mixed up with the rest of that uh, mm. Richmond Mosquito fleet. He was a forward before this year, wasn't he? He did play a bit of forward. He was yeah, okay. he was a back forward status last uh, year. Okay, and then yeah. he – like he just played a bit of, yeah, high half forward role two years ago and then uh, a bit of back. So, yeah. he, he settled in that backman role kind of at times through the wing. But, um, yeah, just the, didn't kind of evolve as I thought. I think um, with the emergence of Short, which was kind of coming for a couple of years, mm. along with Basha Hooli in there as well, there's not a lot of points to go around for him, I don't think. Mm. It'd be interesting to see after Hooli goes and see what type of <laughs> yeah. what kind of ball he can pick up across that halfback line as well. I think that'd be interesting to see, but I'm kind of with you for this year. I don't see his numbers changing too much, but, you know, I, do, I still don't think because, like, there's not too many halfback flankers that don't have a place in a keeper league side, really, at no. somewhere on the list. Yeah. So, I reckon he's still worth picking up. Probably well, yeah, look, yeah, that mid to late like, kind of range. But, he's uh, still currently on my list. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Like if I didn't have a good back line, he'd probably, you be know, close. might be sniffing around that spot. But yeah. as I said, take him early because a, a backman with a, with a high ceiling is um, awesome. All right, let's move on to Kane Lambert. So he averaged 62.6, which is a 72.3 last season. That's down on his numbers from 2017 to 2019, where he had averages uh, ranging between 85.2. Oh, sorry, I got them all written here. 85.2, 81.2, and then 86.6. So he probably suffered from Bolton moving into that midfield instead mm. of his kind of role that he was kind of playing. Um, meant he had to start forward a little bit more as well, which is fine because I reckon it means he keeps forward status. So you'd be pretty happy with that. The thing is, he's 21, 29 years old now, and he's not really one to be looking at if you're building for the future. He's more of like a flag uh, contenders kind of player at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could get him probably a bit on the cheap as well because he's pretty serviceable. Now that brings me to my next point, Case. Did you trade him out recently in our league? Was that something uh, else? Maybe a year or two ago. Oh, okay. He was just traded I in our I league. Got, I think I got Burton for Lambert. Oh, maybe okay. a year or two ago. Yeah. So uh, there was just a trade in our league, I think, involving him because um, someone was laughing that they got him pretty cheap. But Yeah. yeah. I, like, And he's he's an interesting one for me because I think he's, he's almost like a Liam Baker. It's like yeah, he might have a ton once or twice a year, but he's not really going to play too many horrible games. At the same time, he's not going to, you know, win you a lot of games at the same time. He's just going to be a pretty consistent yep. high floor kind of operator. Yeah, so just to reiterate for Lambert, one to look at if you're gunning for a flag, but if you're going for the future, he's 
probably you could probably look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tend to agree. Yeah, uh, Camden McIntosh is the next guy I'll talk about. Uh, he was one of my waiver wire pickup selections from uh, last year. Who really delivered late in the season? He's uh, probably one of the dictionary definitions of a super non-sexy pickup. But look, he's one that could just pay dividends, especially in your sides uh, late in drafts. Um, he missed the start of uh, 2020 season, but found his way back into that Tigers side and really cemented his spot on the wing and uh, played it beautifully uh, all through to a grand final. He had a couple BCV uh, 80s, um, which, uh, sorry, sorry, he had a couple 80s, which turned into BCV tons, um, but was pretty consistent with his 55, which is a 69 BCV average last year. Look, he's a mid only, which doesn't make him um, a super amazing proposition. But, you know, if you just need someone to to be mid cover for the rest of the year or slide into an M6, M7, depending on the strength of your team, um, he's one to look at because for me, he's really locked in that wing spot. Um, he's only 26 and basically nine times out of 10, he's good for a 60 plus. So, um, a real lock and forget option on your bench. Uh, the Tigers seem to play a lot of Thursday, Friday night games as well early in the week. So, always good for a bit of a, a loophole option if your um, league allows that too. So, he's just one that I, I think I think he's got a bit of uh, merit as a bit of a, um, a stress-free, take-late kind of guy because he's not really going to be on anyone's hit list and uh, a nice enough depth player for you, uh, especially if you're contending. Yeah, good cover. And, you know, if injuries hit, he's probably not the worst place to, uh, mm. player to put on your last midfield spot as well. Yep. So, a um, bit of a, you know, break glass, in ca- break glass in case of emergency option. He's a real keeper league kind of stalwart. He's you a know, me. Just a guy that, you know, yeah. you just need to know. He'll, you can rely on him when in, when he, required. He could be on the cover of the keeper league. Video he could game. be. Yeah. He anyway, could be. Potential. Anyway, let's talk about Jack Ross. Uh, yes, let's. Uh, I think it was Scott was asking about him before. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about him. Uh, there's a bit of interest around him. So, Scott's not the first person to actually bring him up. But yeah, over the last couple of years, we've kind of been looking at him a bit as well. Mm. Uh, debuted in 2019 and scored 86 points on debut, then had a top score of uh, 92 two weeks after that. So that was his career best score to date still. Um, played seven games in 2019, also played seven games in 2020, funnily enough, like mm. sevens. But uh, averaged 62 in 2019, but then went backwards in 2020, averaging 50.7, but still a 60.2.4 BCV. So um, yeah, not too bad. I hope that's accurate. I could be wrong on that. Um, but yeah, what was promising is when he did come back, uh, he was thrown into midfield roles, but he's still mm-hmm. back on the um, Richmond depth chart. So that's the main concern. When he did play, um, he did some nice things. So he averaged eight CBAs, so center bounce attendances for those playing at home over his seven games. And his best CBA game was 16 center bounces. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like he, he did some nice work in there too. So, you know, I thought he there's a few clearances that were just super crisp um, on the back of his work. So yeah, he definitely has got some potential. Um, top score last year was 65 which is an 81.25 um, AFL fantasy points with the BCV uh, looking at the breakout tracker he was miles ahead after his first season as well but he's now plummeted to be 5 points behind the top mm-hmm. 20 midfielders after 14 games which is a bit disappointing um, if you can get a defined role though I reckon he'll be okay but I'm just not sure how much of a fantasy scorer he'll be and just with Richmond they don't play a super friendly yep. fantasy scoring game as well and there's a, a huge spread in the points as well mm-hmm. and who gets him so even you know players like Dusty Martin who's their best player by far he's still not super reliable in fantasy um, look I think in juniors, he was like much more of a super coach player, um, especially at underage level here in the Tech Cup. I think he was a 77 
AFL Fantasy average. Yeah, I've got it written here. 77 average in AFL Fantasy, but 97 in Supercoach. So 20 points ahead in the Supercoach. So I think he might end up okay in the Supercoach realm uh, if he does get a consistent spot. Not super sold in the Fantasy unless Richmond's game plan changes drastically in the uh, next few years. What do you reckon? Look, I think there's something there. I am a current owner. He won't be on my list uh, after keepers. But um, yeah, definitely quite keen on him. And looking back through uh, last season when I did own him, what you did notice is he didn't get much time on ground. So uh, his game numbers last year were 69, 69, 80, 69, 66, 71, 77. So yeah. not a high TOG player last year. And that's probably just because of the depth that um, Richmond have in that midfield. So um, one who could, I actually genuinely think could make some leaps and bounds. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just with same with Jack Graham, who I'm going to talk about in one second. Just where's that chance coming from? Yeah. Um, and, and it's not going to be this year, unfortunately, unless there's a heap of injuries. And do you hold someone or do you target someone like Ross late in a draft, potentially with next year in mind? I don't yeah. know, you know. So Is um, he someone that needs to go to another club to get a game and be a better reliable scorer? Um, I don't want to steal what I'm talking about Jack Graham, but like you think about – I'll just go to my notes. You think about their midfield. So, like the main midfield is a Prestia Martin – um, Koch and Edwards. Cochin and Edwards are surely in their last year or year and year yeah. or two. You know, does that mean that someone like Jack Graham, Jack Ross kind of jump into that spot? Um, you know, Shy Bolton rolled through there last year because he gives him a bit more speed. Um, do we see a Ross or a Graham come in to replace someone who's retiring next year? So, so you're saying that, 2022 is my I be think year 2022 for him. is a yeah. year you really want to have a look at Jack Ross or, and Jack Graham. If you can rookie Jack Ross this year, I'd go for it. If you can get him late and just see what happens, see if yeah. he plays some junk games towards the end of the year. Right. Yeah, that's my call. You pretty much melded the uh, Jack Ross and Jack Graham into one, but yeah. do you still want to talk about Jack I Graham? I will. Now? I'm going to go on to Jack Graham. Yeah. But uh, look, he is another guy we've had a heap of questions about this week. Um, and as an owner, I think we should kind of get together and start up a, a support group because I was shattered that Jack Graham didn't go to the Crows in the preseason. I think there was a bit of sniffing around from the Crows to get him across there. And look, he signed another contract to Tigers, which uh, is not great for fantasy because I think Jack Graham's a genuinely good fantasy player. Um, they just like to play him out of position on a wing, whatever they get yeah. in that side, but he just never plays that inside role. Um, his best fantasy stuff is genuinely top level. Um, and it's just really not his fault, which hurts. Um, five out of the 12 regular season games, he had uh, 70s, which are 90 plus BCV. So basically half of his games, he was going 90 plus, which is awesome. Um, and then he just kind of gets stuck in a, in a weird role. But I love he's a tackling machine. Um, and just when he gets that chance to play inside, I think his numbers are going to rise um, because he's a bit more of a handballer. So he needs to be around the ball a lot more. So yeah. um, if you look at it, he's had five career tons. His PB was 146, which um, came with a 14 tackle game. So can tackle, can find the pill, just needs to be in the guts. Um, and you know, with Trent Cotchin out, that was kind of his chance, but um, Cotchin came back in. Yeah, look, with as I said just before, like if, if Cochin and Edwards are going to retire next year, um, potentially draft these guys for the future in mind. But um, yeah, it's just a really, really awkward year for Graham because he's going to be rated a lot higher than Ross. So you're not going to get him cheap, but the output's almost going to be a bit similar. So um, yeah, tough one to recommend to keep. But um, he's got the goods, just needs the opportunity. Just on the chat here, I'm mm. copying it here. So, Andrew Zanker says, anyone else think that Hollywood Hef's head is a little big tonight? And Tim Marsh says, clearly an extra, yes. extra, 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 extra large hat for Hollywood's <laughs> Hef. Infl sorry, Hollywood Hef's inflated coconut. 
just, God, I love the I'm listeners. Just a, I'm just having a bad head. I love here, the boy. listeners. Jesus, it's nothing. Hollywood nothing is unusual. sticking for good. Oh God, I can't. I can't shake that. See, my nickname Hef. I don't many. Don't many people know is because um, I was always the fat kid at school, <laughs> and like there was a cartoon I think where there was a big fat guy called Hef in it. Rocco's Modern Life. That's the one. Yeah. Um, and so my dad always told me like, don't react. If you don't react, they won't see it will get to you, and then they'll stop calling you that. So I just embraced it. I was like, "Yeah, fair enough." And then, like, he just never, we never went away. So now, but lots I think, of people don't even know that you re- what your real name is. <laughs> nah, Everyone not, just knows you as Hef. No one, my, yeah, Hef has nothing to do with my name. <laughs> no. So there's so many people when I tell them my real name, they're like, "How the hell do you get Hef out of that?" <laughs> but anyway, um, I, and now Hollywood is the same deal. I'm trying to just let it slide, but I don't think I'm shaking this one either. Something keep going, about guys. It. Can, keep you going, tell, can you just tell going. maybe under the surface it eats at me? Even if I don't react, maybe that's that's why that's we keep it. doing it. Hef. Yeah, that's it. All right, let's move on to Saint Kilda. All right, Kays, you got a B22 for us? Oh, I do. St. Kilda's best 22 for 2021. Uh, Backline, Ben Patton, Dougal Howard and Callum Wilkie. Uh, Halfback line of Nick Caulfield, Jake Carlisle and Hunter Clark. And we've got Jack Billings, Jack Steele and Bradley Hill. Uh, half forward line of Jade Gresham, Max King and Jack Higgins. Forward line, Paddy Ryder, Tim Membry and Dan Butler. Uh, in the ruck, Rowan Marshall, Brad Crouch and Dan Hannabry. On the pine, Zach Jones, Josh Battle, Seb Ross and Jan Geary with uh, Jack Loney, Luke Dunstan, Jack Sinclair and Ben Long as emergencies. All right, so you got Jack Higgins straight in, straight into play. Well, why'd they recruit him? I don't know, because he was on the cheap. You can get him pretty much free, wait a couple of years for him to develop. So know. who's playing over him then? I don't know. There's not really there. Um, the only other thing I could add a player that I could really think of was might be unlucky was Jack Sinclair. A Jack, yeah, yeah, yeah another Jack. Some <laughs> some guy called Jack. Why isn't uh, he look, playing? Honestly, man, like looking at their team, their like half forward flanker wingman small on baller list is just so long. Like yeah. now, Luke Dunst can probably get a game. Most other clubs like Jack Sinclair's good. Jack Loney's a great crummer. Ben Long's handy, but like I just don't know where you fit all these. Well, Dunst is one that could players. kind of come in there for Grant uh, Higgins as well, I guess. He could, or it depends what they're going to do with Seb Ross, or yeah. you know, um, you know, Jan Geary. He's probably really only in the side because he's the captain. The captain. Cap- I think is he yeah. still the captain? Well, I think so. So I don't do you know if he's. Him? I don't know if he's best twenty-two. Well, that's not our problem. Yeah, I know. Because like, I think, well, he, like, he, I can't not put the captain of the side I in know, the best twenty-two. But like, you, like but he was playing that like negating um, small forward role. And in I way. think yeah. there could be a similar role for Seb Ross as well coming up too. Look, it's going to be interesting so, to see because like yeah. looking at their side, like they've got no excuses not to make finals, you know, and, and challenge this. They're actually a pretty reasonable side, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so like, and, and you're topping up with like Brad Crouch and and you know um, Jack Higgins, who could be handy. So um, yeah, interesting. Did interesting. I hear correctly that they are the oldest side in the competition? Someone was trying to tell me that they were older than Geelong. Or well, is their best team older? Or no, I don't, but I think uh, this is a it's long story. Wrong. I just think that they're. It could. It might be right, but yeah. I I just think that their younger guys um, or their good players are still young, whereas Geelong's good players are. Old. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. there is a lot of good young, you know, young upcomers young in there for yeah. sure. All right, let's get on to the Josh, the Badlax, your man. Uh, I'll hit the your boy button for him, Kays. There he is. So the Badlax. <laughs> oh, he wants to be, but he's just <laughs> he's let me down uh, in the same kind of boat as Liam Baker. Just I just can't figure out what to do with uh, Josh. As as uh, Hef's alluded to, I was an owner last year, but he's probably going to go back to the pool. The um the Ford status almost got him over the line, but. 
the main reason I just can't keep him is I just don't know where he's going to play. Like, he could play half-back, he could play wing, he could be the second ruckman, he could be a key forward. It's just too bloody hard. Um, it's probably the, the worst thing about being a, a genuine utility. He had a breakout season in 2019, um, averaged 68 points from 19 games and had three tons, which is pretty good for um, for him. Uh, not surprisingly, he notched up 20 touches in those three games where he tunned up. So, when he's actually getting his hands on the ball and around the around it he's scoring really well but that was kind of when he was playing off a half back line uh, even a bit of a wing because he's quite a a mobile big guy um, and that's where he's a dangerous fantasy proposition but the issue is the Saints have all those positions sewn up now this was you know 2019 was before Cofford really made his mark before Patton really came on so um, a lot of the times last year he was thrown forward to help out uh, Maxi King and and Tim Memberries but um, you know King's kind of developed uh, Membry you know they play him deep, you know, do they keep battle up there? Do they play battle instead of memory? I, I don't know. But um, he's probably more handy as a forward for that side, um, you know, especially if, if Ryder is resting or something like that. So, I, I just don't know. Like, he did manage a 91 game last year, which is a 11, uh, 113, sorry, BCV against the Dons. But that was once a game, a, a game where he had the license to roam and picked up 18 touches and, and kicked the goal. So, he did play a lot of low time on ground games last year because he was coming off a, a limited preseason. Genuinely one to monitor in the Amy Amy series or the Amy game um, just to see <laughs> his really role. Series, <laughs> the Amy game. Um, look, you could make a case for him because he's got forward status this year, um, but I'd be more inclined to probably draft him early to mid because if you can get that fantasy-friendly role, which we might hopefully find out in that one game, yes, I'd be more interested. But if he's just going to play as, you know, third tall or, or something like that, I, I'm kind of waning interest. I think he just needs a role. Like just, He doesn't have a role. Yeah, just pick one. He's too utilitarian. Yeah, yeah. And mm. it's, I think it's affecting him because he can't just get into a groove. Mm. He's got like the genuine tools to be a gun, mm-hmm. but he just needs to play one role and play it well. And I think his best fantasy scoring role would probably be either, you know, in defense or pitch mm. hitting in the ruck as well, which he's yeah. done a bit of in the past as well. But yeah. I just don't that, know like, what he's going to That would get. almost be the thing. If, if Ryder got injured this year, they'd play him as a, you know, a forward who comes in the ruck and he'd actually score pretty well because he'd be around the, the footy. You know, maybe yeah. five minutes a quarter in the in the ruck. So you just kill Royal um, Marshall scoring even further though. Fine, I don't care. I'm not a <laughs> Royal Marshall owner, but yeah, it's just a tough one. Um, he's got. I really like. I really rate him as a footballer. It's just yeah, it's just too hard to peg where he's going to play. So for that reason, I've just got to put him back in the pool and uh, maybe have a look at him uh, depending on where he falls. <sighs> Sorry, I'm just looking at Sebros's name. Hit the your boy button. Oh fuck, I'll hit it. Yeah, fine. Yeah, you sucker. He's my boy, but still. Oh, have we noticed that Hef literally has 50 boys and I've got six or eight? Nah, it's because all the guys you pick are just crap and they're not worth talking about. So Maybe I'll, they're 2G4P. I pick, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like I said, you're keeping- Jack Bowes, yeah. You're keeping Harry Schoenberg. And who was the other Harry's crap? my boy. Who was the other crap one you- uh, Luke scoring? Jackson's now on oh, the Luke Jackson. 50-50. So, two guys that are going to average well, 30 for you. Well, I brought in the Do I keep Lockie Ash? There's a few, there's Ooh, a few question marks. I have to talk about your trades this week uh, you know, towards mm. the end here. Anyway, um, Seb Ross. Fuck, he just makes me sad just looking at his name. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to Seb Ross this season. It was almost like Steele and Ross have almost swapped roles in the midfield. So, mm-hmm. like, Steele yep. was off the leash and allowed to get more touches when Ross was more doing more of the defensive work. But then some games he was just running around like he had no idea what he was doing. But, look, to highlight some of his defensive work, he didn't let Lockie Neal get a clearance when they played Brisbane. It's the first time that's happened in five years. So, sorry, I think Kays has found something funny on the chat. But, uh, uh, yeah. Gosh. Anyway, I, I thought that was a pretty interesting set. 
As a playing as a Sorry, kind of defensive, I know oh, playing as a defensive <laughs> midfielder, he didn't <coughs> yeah. let Lockie Neal get a clearance. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. So I guess he's doing his job in, in, in for St Kilda, but you know, obviously that's affecting his fantasy scoring. Playing uh, playing that defensive role. Um, after breaking down 2016 with a 98.4 average that year, I'm not looking forward to what's just been said <laughs> on the chat. Uh, he averaged 102.8, uh, sorry, 102, and then 107.3 in 2017. And, uh, and sorry, 100, yeah, in 2018, he was also good. I didn't actually write down the score. But like in 2018, people were genuinely looking at him like he was, sorry, 2019, mm. they were genuinely looking at him like he was going to be uh, like a, a, a breakout superstar scorer. Yep. Like people were looking at him, him in classic. That's how good he was going to be the way he finished um, 2018. But then he went backwards in 2019, averaging 94.3. And then he averaged 59.2, um, which was a 74 BCB last season. Um, on the back of last year, like, you wouldn't even consider him, especially like Crouch, coming in. Mm. In an interview he did recently with the media, um, he, hinted, he hinted that he's going to be used in different roles. He actually said that a lot of us are going to be playing second roles to do with a re- reduced time on ground. But, mm. you know, where does where else could he play? So, like, oh, no. that's what I was thinking. Perhaps up forward, playing Geary's role, like that pressure, like defensive forward. Because he's, he's shown a good his defense yeah, but is midfield. he quick enough is my issue is my question probably not but he's probably as quick as Geary yeah. so anyway if I own him in our keeper league and unfortunately I think I'll be dropping him back to the pool probably come back to bite me though knowing my luck but uh, what Hopefully. would you do if you own Sobros uh, it's it's almost like owning Jack Graham yeah like you just at least it, like, like Sobros will play every week yeah, that's so, true. But yeah. like, what's the upside when you've got so many guys in front of you? Yeah. You know, like you, we were kind of excited about the fact that maybe Jade Gresham could be one of the next Saints midfielders and then he's dropped down 10 rungs because Jack Steele's come on, um, you know, Brad Crouch is in the side. So, it's really hard. I, I think you kind of have to, but at the same time, as a as a fellow coach, I'd almost be like, well, Severos is- Averaged 100 before. Like, is he a first round pick option? He's averaged over 100 like multiple times. Yeah, like yeah. is he a first round pick option? In a draft, like because if like if he if he gets the role back, like mm. that's big time scoring. Yeah, where like, do you draft him then, Hef? That's the question. It's you put him hard. back in the pool. Where would I draft him? Mm, I'd maybe go second or third round. I'd probably just want a chance somewhere else, like me that's as fair. owner, me that's as fair. owner. But I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if someone it's, else did take the, him first Yeah, round. he's down in the depth roster, and yeah, I just yeah. don't know if he's got another string to his bar forward. That's my question. Whereas, yeah. like you know, Gresham or um, Billings or something can can go and play that small half forward kind of role. So my last keeper spot is probably going to come down between. Seb Ross and Nick Blakey, who's pretty much like there was a media release saying he's going to be playing in the midfield. Who would you take out of those um, two? Keep him Blake. Oh, yeah. Actually, keep Seb Ross, please. <laughs> no, you I'm should taking, keep Seb Ross. I'm taking Blakey. Keep Seb Ross. I told Doss the other week <laughs> when we had a coffee that I'm taking Blakey. So, uh, yes. Anyway. Screw you, Doss. Let's move on to uh, your next player. It is Ben Patton, uh, the consistent and super underrated Saints defender who just flies under the radar while Nick Caulfield and um, Hunter Clark get all the hype. He played all 17 games last year and apart from an injury- Sorry, I just read that chat story. That was very funny. Thank you, Tim Marsh. Apart from the injury, which was a concussion, I think, he's a two-point game. Um, His lowest score was a 40, which is a a BCV 50, which is fine for a a D4, D5. So, if you take that two-pointer out, he averaged 55, which turns his average into a a 69 BCV, which is fantastic for a D4 to 5. So, look, he had two 72s. They were his two best scores last year, which are 90s. Um, And guys like him with the high floor um, are the guys who can, you know, just really help build your side and win your flags. Basically, a a bit of a a Liam Baker, as we were talking about before. So, I don't think he'll ever be as prevalent as someone like a Clark or a a Caulfield because he plays his role a bit more um, lockdown at times, a bit more deeper. So, um, 
it's just great because he's going to be consistent. You know what you're going to get. Yes, he might not get 100 pluses, you know, that often. But, you know, if you can bank in a 50, 60, 70 most weeks, I think that's great for a, for a D4, D5. So, he never had less than 10 touches a game in any of those 16 games that he lasted. Um, and he's definitely going to fly under the radar but has lots of upside because he is only 22 and he's super consistent. So, fun fact about um, Ben Patton. He finished in the Saints' top three for marks intercept marks and intercept possessions last year um, and they're all very very fantasy friendly attributes so just ticks a lot of boxes for a, a mid-range pick um, just some good back cover week in week out trooper for your fantasy side I just want to read out that uh, Tim Marsh um, comment because it is very funny for people who aren't on the stream uh, Tim Marsh says owning Seb Ross is much like teasing Hef about his Hollywood nickname it was fun up until him relating uh, a story of childhood PTSD and now it's just awkward <laughs> just like just to clarify I actually enjoyed it. Like it's really, big. I've really enjoyed the nickname Hef. Like my parents even call me Hef. Like they don't, no, my actually. my partner calls me Hef. Yeah, like, no one calls, no one calls me Ryan. So don't yes. worry about that. It's not PTSD. Actually. And now everyone can call him Hollywood. I actually, quite that enjoy sticks. It. Yeah, look, Hollywood's probably not even that bad. So in comparison, so he likes it. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's right. next, Hef? Oh, can I hit the your boy button again? No. In fairness, the last time you made me hit the your boy button, that's because he gonna, was. I wasn't going to press it though. I had, I didn't have your boy written next to him, so uh, I want to press it for this guy. So here it is, another your boy button. That is Nick Coffield. So he's just outside of two G four P status. He'll get it this year, I feel. Um, he averaged sixty two point one, which is a seventy seven point six BCV last season. Uh, had some big scores in there though. Uh, Ninety seven versus Hawthorne in round sixteen. Eighty five versus Essendon in round twelve, and eighty four versus the Blues in round eighty four. All of these, which um, are BCV, BCV tons. So that shows you his ceiling. Um, I feel like I don't really need to justify him because we all watched him last year and saw how good he was. Why are we even talking about him? <laughs> he, he plays a super fantasy fre- uh, relevant role as well across halfback. He's tall enough to intercept. He ranks elite for marks. He'll be a defender for life. If he's available in your league, just get him. Yeah, that was like last year's news. Yeah, I know. He's but so good, man. It was it was similar to, um, I can't remember who it was before, he was just outside uh, the 2G4P status, so he's not in the top. Rosie or Butters, whatever you want to call it. I can't remember. I don't think it was well, him. But anyway. But like, yeah. oh man, yeah. If you don't own him or if you're actually starting up a league- like yeah. target him because he is only going to get better, and as you said, he's only going to be a defender. Where do where do you go with him? D two, D three, D two. You reckon D two? Yeah. Jeez. He'll he'll get goal. there. He'll get to a, he'll get to be one of those really really good defenders. If not this year, yeah, going forward, I can see him happening. Yeah. He's always seems to be there for the switch. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's like a he's, good spot to be. Yeah. He is yeah. actually now you mentioned it. Yeah. Mm. I can picture him doing that. Uh yeah. Buy shares in Nick Caulfield. Cool. Let's move on. Uh, next is Jack Higgins. So. Uh, one of the probably the more head scratching decisions, I suppose, of the off season is to why little Jack went to the Saints. Maybe it's because there were lots of other Jacks to um, hang out with. But um, yes, I know he's a lifelong Saints supporter. But come on, man, where are you really wanting to play? Like, I assume he left the Tigers to play in the midfield, and he's gone to St Kilda, who have a shit ton of midfielders. So mm. I just don't really know where he's going to go. And and yes, I've got him in the half forward flank, which I think he'll, he'll slide up there. But can I just know, jump in there? Like, mm. he doesn't look like a midfielder. He looks like a small forward. Maybe he's just embraced that that's the role he's going to play, and he find, he sees himself a spot for St Kilda. Good point, half. But yeah. then he's got to fight against Josh Battle, yeah. Jan Geary, Jack Loney, Jack Sinclair, Dan Butler. Jade Gresham, Dean Kent, and like Seb Ross. Seb Ross. <laughs> Where does it end? Like Jack, man, come on, switch on. But look, um, we've all heard the story that Jack Higgins was, you know, the fucking Dane Swan of fantasy, a junior. But looking, forty-one games, he's failed to turn up. 
So that's awful. Ninety eight is his PB, which is obviously close. Yes, but uh, we need to see more Jack. Come on, mate. I think he could be a fantasy player, and look, he could be one of those guys like you were talking about before. Um, this is a, a forward, you know, Robbie Gray ish uh, for life, who's just a solid 80, 90 forward. Maybe he could be, um, but he just needs some midfield minutes, I think, to get some of those points up. You know, you just can't get those points um, purely as that forward. So, look, the Saints have a lot of depth there. Um, so, does he end up being the the crumbing forward, the pressure forward? Like, he's almost just left Richmond where he was playing that role and just gone to the St. Kilda he's going to play the exact same role and I just don't know if it's smart look if you're a believer potentially keep him I just don't think I am with the probable role yeah. but um, I do think there's something there look I'd, I'd be interested in drafting him but um, wouldn't be keeping him and I don't think I'd be taking him too high because I think there's a lot of risk but you know mid-ish I think he should play a bit more at St. Kilda I wouldn't yeah, say every yeah, week yeah. but he will play a bit more but um, yeah uh, I just, I'm just thinking back to with Jack Higgins um he was a first-round draft pick in our league mm. to a Richmond supporter who was mm. saying this guy is going to be the best fantasy scorer. Now, I'm a big believer in underage fantasy scoring. Don't get me wrong, but he's just a perfect example of where, how it's not a perfect science. And you probably should be looking at the kinds of players they are and their kind of their height and their weight and all that sort of stuff as well before you go jumping on some of these guys. That said, I'm still probably going to jump on every underage scorer that goes big. Of course, anyway. you will. But uh, yeah, it's probably something that we need to, as coaches, just need to think about. But look, if he plays, he should improve a little bit. I just, I just only see him ever as like a small forward type role. I don't think he's ever going to live up to those lofty heights. And I didn't say that last year, Kay, that he never would and I got shot down by you. Yeah, because he was building. And I, I, I think he has something. But it's just like you could have gone to 16 other clubs and probably got more midfield time or played a more prominent forward role. Yeah. And apart from going to Carlton, who have the same amount of half-forward flankers, like could have got a good role at the Crows, could have got a good role at Bloody Freeman. You know, you could have gone a good role at anywhere, but you've gone to a – a team who's on the up, who's got a lot of players like you, it just doesn't make sense. He would fit the Crows very well, actually. That's a good good choice. But I don't know. Yeah, he should probably go on somewhere like that. Anyway, let's move on to the last player I have for St. Kilda, and that's uh, Brad Hill, who is B2P this season. So, welcome back, Bradley. Uh, he went backwards in a big way last mm. season. He averaged 93.7, uh, 80.9, and 88.7 between 2017 and 2019. Then went uh, at 58.3, which is a 72.9 BCV, uh, playing at a new club. So, I don't I generally expect a player to you know move to a club and go bigger, but he struggled to fit in a little bit. I feel um, there was a more competitive midfielder than midfield than there was at Frio, um, but then also I think the shortened game times as well probably didn't help him because he relies on just really wearing his opponent down, and he just had less chance mm-hmm. to actually do that. So he's an elite endurance player. So that means this year when we go back to full you know time on ground, I reckon he could see a little bit of a bump yep. there. Um, yeah, I don't think that said, I don't think I'd expect any much anything too much higher than like your eighties maybe mid-80s in a real good year because um, he's purely an outside player. He doesn't really have any inside game and there's no scoring to be done on the inside for him. So, he just takes all those kind of outside loose balls. Um, at your M7 though, you'd probably take that for sure. So, yep. I'd expect him to bounce back this year. I just don't think you're ever going to expect like 100 plus from him, that's all. Surely, he doesn't get delisted by coaches. No, I don't think so as well. But again, like because he's he I'm jumping on him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, he shouldn't. But there might be some idiots out there. So, who knows? Never know. Yeah, look, I think the, the the time on ground or the longer quarters fact is a, is a good one for someone like Hill and potentially there's a few guys in the in the competition who struggled last year because of that reason too. So, yep. um, yeah, he'd definitely be on my radar if you were sniffing around. And look, I think even if you were starting up a great like 
mid to late pickup for, a, you know, as you said, M6, M7, you'll get him cheap. For sure. Uh, just a few monitor players, just players to monitor for St. Kilda. Um, Ryan Burns is one just, uh, I think he was the standing room captain mm-hmm. and it was a really good fantasy score at underage level. He only went in the pick in the 50s though, so I'm not sure how highly he is rated overall and how well he uses the ball, especially in that St. Kilda midfield. Um, might be tough for him to break in, but he does have the fantasy pedigree there and he did debut last year as well. Mm-hmm. Didn't really put up anything, but um, yeah, one to just monitor and see how he's going overall. I think Paddy Ryder is a handy ruck option. He's someone I probably be looking at a little bit because of that Laddams Lysett situation because I'm hoping that Laddams can somehow ruck solo but then I don't want to have to play him with the ruck I want to play him as a forward so Ryder's probably someone who's going to be in our draft pool that I'll be looking at on the back of last year because he can still score pretty reasonably but it doesn't have much left uh, Max King is someone I just threw in there because you know he played that one game in he only played one game in his junior season because he did his mm. knee but he had 148 points on the back of kicking 10 goals so you know, he was, had his first season last year and he was always going to struggle to kind of get going. But who knows if he's actually, you know, half as good as what they say he is. He might kick some big bags in the future and create some good fantasy scoring. So, I don't know. That, that draft was just supposed to be a super, super, super draft and he was the best key forward in the, out of the lot. The Kings are so exciting. Yeah. God, I, thought you, I thought you were looking at me like nah, you're an idiot. Nah, nah. The Kings, yeah, yeah. the Kings are exciting. Yeah. And if they can actually, well, especially Max, if he can get to like where Ben is and he's supposed to be rated than Ben, but highly, more highly rated than Ben. I think this year he'll kind of get to Ben's status at least, if not better. So, yeah, I'm pretty pumped to see him. Mm-hmm. All right, that wraps up uh, all the clubs we are going to talk about tonight. Uh, we'll get stuck into the membership options. So um, we released our midfielder and defender rankings over the last two weeks. There are now. You can see our top 100 there and we're doing our ruck rankings. We're recording the mini episode after this and the, our top 50 ruck ranks come out on Friday. <laughs> Wow, uh, it gets really <laughs> shallow. Like, how do you pick between like that? You, my last five rucks, you're basically picking like guys that are never ever going to play AFL fantasy. Well, they might, but I like very in six doubt, years' time, I very doubt. I doubt very much they're going to. Forty to fifty is just like there's tumbleweed rolling through. Yeah, pretty much. But there's fifty there we can choose from, so we'll, we'll try to rank them. But. We will. Um, yeah, I don't know how accurate they are going to be. They'll be very accurate. At all. Um, all right. So, as well as if you join up as a member, um, you've got draftee numbers there and there's a podcast on the draftees there. Um, there's no prospectus this year, so you're going to have to get your draftee numbers from somewhere. Um, Breakout Tracker, everyone's favorite resource, is up there as well. So, mm-hmm. if you're keen to get your hands on that, uh, join up as a member. So, basically, if you enjoy it, if you enjoy the podcast, appreciate the work we do. We put in a lot of hours each week into this. So, um, if you just want to give back and say thanks for the effort, um, you can sign up as a member. Each week, uh, we read our out five gold members. So, Kays, you want to read them out this week? Some of the names here look hard. Would love to. Uh, Dan Kovacevic, Josh Hutchinson, James Richardson, Paul Vincent, and Imran Church. Dan Kovacevic, I was had no uh, idea how to pronounce that. Kovacevic, so. you got to yeah. just get it in your head. Okay, cool. Thank you for doing that one. All right, uh, but yeah, if you want to sign up, the links are in the description. And, uh, you know, if you're keen to sign up, then uh, we'd love to have you on board. Uh, merch. I'm wearing a DT Talk uh, merch tonight, the old Rocky Bobblehead. <laughs> Uh, it's so. almost like your bobblehead. Yeah, pretty similar size actually. Maybe that's why. Oh, now he's now he's you know now he's like a DT talk guy. <laughs> Ashley Fantasy is just wearing their merch yeah. now. He's not even like keeper legging anymore. Uh, God, Hollywood those, for sure. The reason why they signed up, well, Warney I think well, DT talk that's under DT. Warney signed up as a member of us. So yes. I gave back by buying a T-shirt. You know, That's I always like nice. to give back, you know. You're, you are a giver. Yeah, so definitely. Uh, and then I was talking to Warnie about it and he said, wear it on the Port podcast. So that's for him. Done. All right. Uh, but if you want to get one of our tees, we got merch on our website too. Uh, I don't mm. think they sell as well as theirs do. But uh, look, uh, if you want a uh, Keeper League pod tee, yeah. um, they're the white versions of that. We're going to get some black stuff eventually. Would but, anyone um, buy yeah. a Hollywood Hef shirt with a big Hollywood Hef head it's on it? It's actually not a bad idea for merch, is it? And then yeah. like maybe some huge Elton John style sunglasses or something. Now we're talking. 
talking. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. I might have to come up with a caricature for that one. Please do. I'll uh, do some artwork in my long service leave. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you want a tea, um, head to keeperleaguepod.com to do click on merch and use 20T, um, the code, and get one for uh, 20 bucks. So, yeah. Anyways, podcast reviews. After last week, we've actually had a few come in. So, yes, um, keep them coming. Yeah, though. keep them coming because we've got three in the bank now, but we want to kind of have them banked up for the rest of the season. So, if you use an Apple device, please jump on board and uh, give us a review. But anyway, this one's from ISO Walken. So, you want to read this one out, Case? We'd love to. Uh, the Keeper League know their stuff and continually offer up quality insights into the chasms of fantasy AFL. Great listen, good banter, and consistent engagement with their listeners helps navigate the season ahead. Thank you, ISO. It is actually a big part of what we do um, is, you know, get in touch with our listeners and make sure we try to reply to all the messages. I know we missed some comments on the chat, but we kind of go past things and it's hard to come back. But, uh, yeah, definitely try to get in touch with everyone. On that case, this is a good little segue. We've mm-hmm. had f- in our gold members group a few mm-hmm. um, few questions as to your whereabouts on the gold members group. A bit quiet on that. And a few people want some uh, a few things explained, like rankings and stuff like that. So, they're, looking, they? at, they're looking at getting in touch with you uh, in the in the, in the sanctum of the private group that I right. want to be. So, we need to get you make sure you're a bit more – are you – even in the group. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I sent you a link in the password earlier in the year, but yeah, maybe but the I think password's you, derogatory. I think you saw the beliefs. password and you be- uh, refused Correct. to actually join. Is that Hit what happened? Hit me up on Twitter. I'm I always ch- on Twitter. I have changed the password anyway, Good. so it's a bit more positive, but Good. without giving away what the password is Good. or about. But anyway, uh, let's start moving on to the listener questions. All right, a whole stack of listener questions. Um, we probably won't get to any in the chat because we just have so many uh, <laughs> in the comments here. We, we'll be here all night if we have to do them all. So um, anyway, we'll uh, get stuck in. Okay, so the first question, who's it from and what is it? It's from Sam Graffin. He's got a 12-team, 30-player keeper league, so big lists. He needs to delist two of the following, Curtis Taylor, Bailey Scott, your boy, Robbie Gray, Shannon Hearn, and Mark Murphy. All right. So, what do you think, Case? Well, I've had a look. So, Sam, it really depends on where you're at. If you're going to contend this year, that makes a, a big uh, part of my decision. So, I think Shannon Hearn, um, Robbie Gray are probably in their last years and Mike yeah. Murphy would be close if not next year. So, look, if you're, you know, not really around the mark, um, you know, that's probably something to take into account. I think um, I think you'd delist Hearn. I think this is definitely... I think it's his last year. Um, there's plenty of good backs around, uh, unlike previous years, so you can get someone else in. And I'd probably delist one of Curtis Taylor or um, or Bailey Scott. Depends on who you think has less potential. Um, I'd probably side with Curtis Taylor, but I know half you'd probably side with Bailey Scott. Yeah, well, my thoughts are pretty similar to yours if you are um, going for a flag. The only thing is I'd probably keep Hearn. I'd probably delist Robbie Gray and Mark Murphy if I'm going for the future, to be honest. Um, just just because Hearn, I see, is probably the most likely out of those three to – well, Mark Murphy, Diamond doesn't midfield. He could get 80, but who cares? Mm. Midfield, you get another one in the draft. No worries. I don't think you'll get a, a defender that will score as well as Shannon Hearn does. Fairness. I think you'll get a, definitely get a forward who will score as well as Robbie Gray does this year and probably someone younger with more potential as well. So, that's the only reason why I'd probably keep Shannon Hearn out of those. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh I'd, you'd be you'd be spewing if you missed out on a Bailey Scott or Curtis Taylor breakout. And Curtis Taylor's scoring really well, so I think you have to keep him in there. But it's 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 hard. But yeah, I think if you're um if you're going for if you're going for the now, I'd probably delist I'd probably delist Bailey Scott and Mark Murphy at this point in time. But yeah. 
Ooh. Yeah, anyway. Right. Uh, at Toddman84, thoughts on Josh Battle? Would you keep him, Rayner, or Riccardi? No, this might be controversial, but I think Rayner for mine is who I'd keep out of those three because he's more chances of getting that midfield run going forward. I'm not expecting huge things, but I think he's the most likely out of those three to average 80-plus for a consistent period of time throughout his career. Battle, who knows what his role is and where he's actually going to end up. Riccardi's going to be a key forward. He's going to take some really good defenders in his time. Mm. I think Rayner will eventually move into the midfield somewhere in his career. And I think he won't be a huge scorer, but I think he can average like 80-plus, which I'm not sure the others can. Uh, I don't know if there's a right answer for this one. I think they've all got their pluses and negatives. Yeah. Uh, Riccardi. Well, I knew Riccardi. you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that because you love – even though you're not hot on Damon Greaves, you still want to get around Riccardi after his five games. Yeah. <laughs> just no logic to it. It's just what you want. Gut feel. I'm just looking at the chat here. Dan Callery suggested, um, can we get Ben Keys teased? Hell yeah, we so, can. Yeah, I think that's a good idea as and well. And have luck on his knees apologizing to Ben. <laughs> I've got plenty of time over the next five weeks. I'll do some drawing and see what I can come up with. I want some grovel in <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. Um, will Connor Rosie spend more time in the midfield this year? Yes. Let's move on. Uh, um, that's, from, that's from Needs a FUIC. So, thank you for that one. At Ross2468, there's been a lot of talk about Butters and Rosie, but how do you see Dersmar's progression for we this year? kind of touched on this as well. Um, I think he'll continue to develop. He has the potential to be just as good as the other two, I think. He's a genuine outside player, but... Unlike most, um, you know, there's kind of really outside players, he loves getting on the end of the goals, which is going to help him boost that scoring a little bit. You can see him being a 90-plus average midfielder um, at some stage, so that's why I would go. Oh, that's why I'm happy with this progression. I think he'll go okay. Steven92057076. Sorry, you've got a lot of numbers in your uh, in your name there, but uh, would like to hear your thoughts on Thompson Dow. Yeah. Can he eventually cement a spot in that midfield? Is there a long-term fantasy value there? Uh, well, he's played two games, had two kicks and 14 handballs. So, that's the uh, ratio that you just hate to and see. And he's a Dow. Yeah, I know. So, he <laughs> always lets you down through forever. Dorsey's just smashing that unsubscribe button. Uh, <laughs> look, I don't like that. But look, honestly, like how long are you talking in terms of fantasy value? You've got like Marlon Pickett who needs to play a bit more time in the midfield. You've got Jack Ross in the wings. You've got uh, Collier Dawkins. You've got Paddy Nash. I think there's a few guys ahead of him in the pecking order. And, and they're not going to be gifting games to anyone this year. So, uh, he's not in my thoughts at all. Sorry. All right, uh, KDanK101. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ryan Burns as a long-term keeper pro- prospect? Long-term, he has potential, question mark? Uh, potentially. You kind of touched him in your little recap there. But look, he's just so far down. You know, like you got Dunstan, Sinclair, Bytel, who we didn't mention before. Um, they're not getting games out of midfield, and I doubt Ryan Burns will this year. Um, you're going to have to have a deep, deep, deep uh, list to, to hold him, I think. All right, next question from Harley Philpcase. Yeah. Who would you keep out of your boy Carly Amon, Sam Pell Pepper, or Ryan Burton for your last keeper spot? Um, long, t- uh, sorry, short term, I reckon you keep SPP because he's got that forward status, but I talked about it before. I can't see him playing forward for too much longer in his career. I can go back to being an inside mid, especially after Boke and Rocky kind of finish up. Mm-hmm. Um, long term, I think you should keep Burton because if he can get his body right, I think he'll be an absolute gun. It's just a big if he can get it right. I think... Carl Amon's just a dime a dozen player. You can get a million players like him in any draft. So, yeah. But you can delist him and pick him up basically oh, yeah, around yeah, two or three or yeah. four in the draft again next so year. So, it's just like you're you know, yeah. not even using up a keeper spot and still getting like an extra keeper really. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I think that water. So SPP short term, Burton long term, Amon, nah, put him back. Put him Get back. Him like him. Put him back. Yep. Uh, Zach Schutt, I think we've answered your question in return to Jack and Seb, Jack and Seb Ross so far on the pod. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Brooks, what's Brad Hill's range this year, Heffy? You did touch on him, but what do you reckon he's, what yeah. do you reckon he's going to score? Oh, I think he averages around 82. That's what I think he'll average this year. So, yeah, anywhere between the 80 and 85 range, I think, is Brad Hill's average this year. Uh, as our port correspondent, Hef, Paul Milne asks, what's the status of Willem Drew? And uh, how many of the following will never, ever return from the fantasy abyss? Uh, Brad Hill, Seb Ross, Bashar Hurley, Sam Mays, and Hamish Hartlett. Yeah, Willem Drew had another one of those niggly foot injuries mm. uh, that wasn't, uh, you know, good last season. Had surgery on the eve of the season, um, you know, going through the year and then sat out the whole whole year in the end because it just wasn't coming good. Um, I haven't heard any reports on how he is going. He actually, it's just a name I have not even thought of up until today. Um, I guess for the inside mid role before he's going to be any kind of sort of fantasy relevance, he's kind of waiting in line for Boke and Rocky to fin- finish up as well. But I can see him if he's fit. I can see him playing next year because like he plays a forward role, a forward mid role as well, which is pretty similar to what Ebert did last year. So there, there probably might be a spot there for him if he can um, get it, but I'm not sure if he takes it straight away. Um, let's just go back to the players um, who will never return the from abyss. the fantasy abyss. Look, was, was Basha Hooli ever Basha is not yeah, in the fantasy abyss. I was going to say. I was gonna say um, he'll, he'll be fine if he's healthy. Um, Hartlett and Hill. Like, Hartlett they, was they building. Were, like, Hartlett was very consistent last year. But they were year. never really like – in fantasy, like, you know, the fantasy realm where they were scoring so well as well. So, I don't know. Harlan Hill will be serviceable. The others are probably pretty cooked, I reckon. Um, yeah, but apart from Holly and Ross, the others haven't really been huge scorers than, no. you know, what you'd realistically expect from I anyway. I can't see Sam Mays being relevant. Oh, no, nah, God, no. Uh, Seb Ross, really role-dependent. And well, I'm, I'm confident on a bit of bounce back from Brad Hill, but yeah. will we see huge scores? I'm not too sure. I think he's more that yeah, 85-ish, 90 kind of guy. Yep. Uh, last question for the night, Adam Clayton. After a great finish to the year last season, how much more improvement do you think Will Setterfield will have? Um, look, I don't know if I'm sure. I'm not sure if he goes too much further because you're going to have – you've got Cripps who I expect to bounce back. You've also got Walsh who everyone's really expecting to step up in the midfield. I can't even pl- I think he kind of plays that um, third string, that kind of you know third bow mm-hmm. uh, there. So – yeah, I just wish he kind of did that earlier on, like last year when he had the forward status as well. But yeah, to answer your question, I think he goes pretty similar to what he produced at the whatever he averaged for the last half of the season is probably what he averaged going forward. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's got too much of a level to go. Now that I've said that, he'll probably go out and average nine. But he was year, so. pretty pretty solid last yeah, year. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, definitely. I think you, you take that, and yeah. Yeah, potentially there is some some room to build on that because we haven't really seen the best of him through injury. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, one to keep an eye on. All right, uh, that's a wrap, case. So uh, Done. thanks for joining us tonight. Um, if you're keen to support us, get around us on our socials at Keeper League Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our YouTube channel is growing actually once since we've been doing these streams. So let us know which cartoon you want have to draw. Yeah, for sure. Or just want a big caricature with me with a huge head, looking like some Hollywood celebrity in front of the Hollywood sign. Maybe is that like South Park episode where like, is it some Stan's dad's head just exposed? Uh, I don't know. That, he's not talking about with Mr. Mac. He takes yeah, him to LSD yeah, and he, yeah. like, his head just floats away. Yeah. yeah. That one. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty old school, Kaz. I'm surprised you know that one. It's yeah. from probably 10, that's the 15, last time I watched, probably about 20 years ago. That's probably the last time I watched South Park. <laughs> it's very different nowadays, Kaz. It's a bit more, there's less crass and more political. Actually, still very crass, but it's very more political. Boring. Anyway, uh, cool. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for getting in on the stream. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. See ya. See ya.